Reverend Vicky and I are just comparing how long our robes are today. <laughs> Which one's the longest? You know, in that story there in the scripture, it said to beware of those people. Stand up in front. Wear long robes. I think you pray longer than I do Aww. usually, though. I think you <laughs> pray, pray longer than I do. Oh, goodness. What have we got to learn today from this scripture passage and the choir's wonderful song, Mold Me, Build Me, Use Me, Direct Me, Lead Me. Say, yes, Jesus. It even said, walk with me. You know, Jesus, walk with me. Walk with me every day in all the things I do. Jesus, mold me so that I may be more perfectly your disciple, more fully who you've called me to be in this world. Come on, Jesus, you can do it. Mold me now. You know, just mold me now. And then I wanted to think about that in the context of this scripture. Melt me, Jesus, mold me. You know, be with me, direct me, walk with me all the way over to the collection box and sit right beside me while I write my check and put it in the offering plate. Are you ready? All right. You know, I want to see what are you putting in, what are you putting in. You know, Jesus is sitting by the offering box this morning. Sitting by the offering box in the scripture. I thought, whoa, I don't know if I want to think about that every time I write my check. <laughs> you know, but melt me and mold me and lead me. You know, maybe except for the offering. You know, maybe except for that time. But here's Jesus in the temple. Jesus is watching the practice of people coming and giving their gifts. It's in the woman's court of the temple, which is an outer court, which means more people have access to the place to give. You know, it's not in the most holy place, which was the men's court. And then beyond that, the court where only the priests could go. So in the woman's court, here's where people can go and make their gifts. And Jesus is sitting there watching. And I just thought, oh my goodness gracious, are we ready for that? Melt me, Jesus. Mold me. Walk beside me in all the things I do. I went to a church here in town we were partnering with on an HIV-AIDS effort it was called Friendship Missionary Baptist Church. And it was my first experience in a missionary Baptist church. So I went to Friendship Missionary Baptist Church, and they were true to their word. They were friendly. From my car in the parking lot, I got greeted two or three times, and then I got into the building, and they just were friendly to me all the way through the service, and it was just a wonderful experience, and, and they're one of those churches and the historical black tradition that every song you swayed. You know, and so I, most towards the end of the service, I got my swaying down, but it took a while <laughs> to get my swaying down so that I could be in the church and, and have this cultural experience for me uh, that wasn't my norm. And so the sermon was great and wonderful, and, and then it came time for the offering, and in Missionary Baptist Church, the, uh, there was a bucket up here at the front of the church, a big bucket at the front of the church. <laughs> It looked like a garbage can bucket at the front of the church, you know? And, and the offering, they said, oh, they don't come to us, we go to them. And so the whole church, line by line in the pews, 400 people came in and around and dropped their offering in the bucket while the preacher stood right there. <laughs> you know, goodness gracious, I thought, that's Jesus at the offering box right there. I don't know if I could do that every Sunday or not. Well, I got back and got seated and ready for the next part of the service, and we weren't done yet. You went around a second time. Everybody, all 400 people, because there was a bucket over here too. 
And after you went and did the first bucket, you had to do the second bucket. And I said, what's going on? They said, oh, that's for the church's ministries. This is for the preacher's salary. And the preacher was standing there looking. I wondered if we should try that here at Resurrection. You think maybe if we, get, we got the idea of what this passage was like to have people watching people come to the, to the offertory in the woman's court of the temple. And, this, and the people are giving lots or little, and I don't know if it was like a brass plate. Some of our churches have those brass plates they hang around, and you know if you put in the soft money, nobody knows how much you put in. But if you put in the coins, they hear you. They hear you. They know what's happening. And so as kids, you know, we always had a quarter or two mom said to put it in, and we would try to put it in as loud as we could. <laughs> mom would say, no, no, don't do that. But so here Jesus is at this place in the temple watching what's happening. And he's making some observations. And he sees people giving a lot and people giving a little, and he sees this widow come up. And she puts in two coins of her day, which are called mites. M-I-T-E, a mite. And she puts in two mites into the offering plate, and she walks away. And it's as if Jesus says, okay, this is what I need to tell you, what I need to tell you about this. I need to tell you that all those people who gave before were giving out of their abundance. They still had a lot left over. They were giving out of their abundance. This one, this one gave out of everything she had, out of her poverty, she gave. This one's gift, these two Mites are worth more than any of the other gifts that have been put there today. The size didn't matter. The proportion mattered to what it meant for her in her life and what she was called to do. And I want to be careful about preaching this this day because sometimes we expect more from the poorest of us than we do from the richest of us. And this sermon can be preached in a way that, said, that strips all of the widows and those who would classify themselves in the same category of anything they have. And if you remember the first part of this passage, it says those with the long robes devour the homes of the widows. Jesus has just said that. And then he sees a widow go up to give her contribution to the temple. What is he thinking? Here she is, giving everything she has to an institution that isn't even worth her heart because he's had a lot of harsh words to say about the temple and how it's being run and the fact that people are getting some easy living while others' homes are being devoured. So this isn't just a passage about someone who's extremely faithful. This isn't a passage about Jesus saying, everyone go and be in poverty and give away everything you have. That's not what this passage is solely about. And we've already told you when you make your commitment cards, we do not want you to make a commitment card when you're over your head in debt with too many credit cards to pay and you don't even know if you can pay your rent. It's not the time to make a commitment card. We want you to faithfully make efforts to find yourself a new financial place and then be able to give. I don't believe Jesus is saying to all the widows of his time, get out on the streets, give away everything you have. I don't believe that's the message here at all. I think the message is about what's left over after you've given. And are you all in Jesus is saying she gave all that she had. She is all in. 
She is all in. A friend of mine worked for Salvation Army in Ohio, and he told me the story about his rounds where he would drop off meals and sometimes drop off bags of groceries. And in his work, there was a particular widow that he would visit that he enjoyed because she always told a, a, a good joke, and she would have one for him because she knew she was a pastor, so she always specialized in pastor's jokes. You know, some of you are like that with me, you know, but she would always specialize in those jokes. And so he enjoyed visiting her and bringing her her share or her allotment of what there was to give. And then there was during their uh, yearly annual drive to raise money, and he was headed to her house, and he put the little envelope that he had been dropping off at everyone's house. He left it in the car instead of bringing it in. And he went into the house, and he saw on the dining table an extra, extra large size of peanut butter. Big jar, like the jar you can only get at a warehouse has like five or six jars in that jar. And he wondered about what that was. And so he had left the envelope in the car, and she said to him, well, you know, where's my envelope? Because she knew it was that time of year. And he said, well, I left it in the car because I didn't feel like I should ask you. And she said, don't you ever take away from me my right to give. Don't you ever take away from me my opportunity to share whatever it is I have, even if it's two mites that I have it to share. Don't take away that opportunity from me. And so he said he learned a lesson that day. He's never, ever not given anyone the opportunity to give. So she said that peanut butter in there is for the pantry. He said, well, thank you. He said, no, you don't know. Y'all saved my life with one of those smaller jars of peanut butter. And I have been waiting, I have been waiting, I have been waiting for the day when I could do something and give something back. I've been waiting. You get that big old warehouse-sized jar of peanut butter and you take it with you. It's not going to fit in your envelope, but it's what I have to give. It's what I have to give. It's my widow's might. And it was enough. Those widow's mites together fill those grocery carts and save people said, you saved me with a jar of peanut butter, and now I want to save someone else. God's not asking us to be destitute. Jesus isn't proclaiming that we need to all get rid of everything and just live on the streets. But Jesus is saying something about homes being devoured, something about what's left over after we've given, and whether or not we're all in or not. Sometimes we can get almost all in and start to tip over and then we just can't finish that step, whatever that is. Some people just couldn't get so all in this past week that they decided they could get out the house to vote. Talk about not being all in. Goodness gracious. What does it mean to be all in in this terms of what Jesus is looking at? What does it mean to wonder in our own lives, what would a gift like the widow's heart be for us? What in our perspective would be our mites that are really all that we have? Doesn't empty our bank account, but are really giving all we can to what Christ calls us to be in this world. And I don't mean just financially, but I mean with time, I mean with our gifts, I mean with our service, I mean with all the ways God calls us to be in the practice of discipleship. Are we all in? Have you cast your lot 
You know, in betting, they say, are you all in? That's usually when one of the gamblers takes all their chips, they think their hand's good enough, and they push it forward. Usually the rest of the folks don't like it because it means that they're out. But being all in, taking the risk, you know, that's necessary to take the next step in your life. What does it mean to be all in for you? What is your next step? Some of you have filled out a blue commitment card, but you haven't been able to get to the place where you put it in the offering plate. Yeah, there's other places in your life. I know one couple that was dating for 10 years. I asked them if they were ready to get it all in finally. You know, and, and they were, but they were still going to keep two homes. You know, sometimes being all in, you know, might take a different sort of commitment and risk for us of our lives. And sometimes being all in, we do it even if we don't know what the consequences are going to be. We're not sure of what the results are. Our church was all in for the hero ordinance. We gave time and energy. We gave resources and space. We made phone calls. We did block walks. We did all of those things for the ordinance. We were all in regardless of whether we were a part of a system that was worthy or not. We were all in. And Jesus says this widow is giving everything she has to a system that may devour her own home. Are we willing to be all in, regardless of what others may do with our gifts? Are we willing to be that kind of faithful people? I know I used to give my sister some financial assistance, but it was really that kind of financial assistance you gave to someone where you actually had to control it the whole way through. Now, this doesn't mean buying a new TV. This doesn't mean this. This doesn't mean this. This is just for diapers and just for this, you know? Finally, I got to the point where I could give her assistance without having to control it so much and trust her to be her own landlord of her own house and not to be so busy into her business. Well, Jesus says, are you ready to be all in even if what you're all in for may not be worth all your love? Sometimes I think that way about the political system. I, my heart was broken this week after the election when there was a petition circulated on Facebook that said, drop the tea. They were sending it to HRC and to the National Gay and Lesbian Task Force and some other places saying, drop the tea. Take transgender out of GLBT. And I thought, what in the world? You know, can this system be something that we can give to even when our heart breaks? They're wrong. We are people who know God's love and value for all God's children. We know we don't leave anyone behind. We don't leave anyone behind. We don't leave anyone behind. People who are afraid and disappointed or angry or depressed or any of those things sometimes try to start wedges. Do your best to overcome those wedges wherever you are. Whether it be between gender identity, sexual orientation, race, class, all of the things that the bill covered, that the ordinance covered, make sure the wedges disappear. Make sure that unity and peace can prevail over lies and over fears. Even when you're not sure the system itself is trustworthy.
See, this is Jesus' last public appearance. This is his last encounter that he's teaching the disciples with in this way. Four days from now, Jesus is crucified. We wonder if in the widow he saw a bit of himself, giving himself for a system that might not yet be worth it. But knowing that it was worth it for transformation, knowing that they may not get it yet, but that someday they might understand what resurrection is. Maybe Jesus sees himself a little bit in this woman who is all in, who gave her whole self, not knowing whether or not the gift would even be truly appreciated. And she didn't skulk about doing it. I believe she walked up there bravely with her gift right among everyone else's and just put it in because it's what she had to offer. And Jesus saw it. There are people some of us try not to see. This woman might have not been seen by anyone else except by Jesus that day. She didn't have on the pretty robe. She didn't stay there and make the loud prayer. Women were often destitute as widows in that day. He said she gave everything. I don't think Jesus exaggerated. I think all she had was a penny. And she put it in. Sometimes we don't see people when they're not in what we expect in the range of what's appropriate for us to participate in or be in relationship with. Sometimes we even do petitions we don't even realize to drop whatever by just treating folks as invisible. So here you need to know that the one who was thought to be invisible just did her action and went on her way. Jesus saw. If you felt like you've been invisible in your life for whatever reason, for whatever circumstances, know that Jesus saw. Know that you are loved by God. Know that Christ sees even those others choose not to see. That Christ says, keep the tea on LGBT. Jesus says, be my people and share love. So what does this widow look like in our world today? What does it mean to be all in? What kind of saint can you imagine? Jesus is sitting there watching the offering box and trying to get a response and seeing what's happening in their hearts. I don't know, but one of them, I was thinking about peanut butter earlier, made me think of Jimmy Carter. You know, 91 years old, has brain cancer. And the most precious thing he can do in his life is build another home. Jimmy's all in. Jimmy's not devouring anybody's houses. He's making sure people who need it have a home, have a roof. Is Jimmy that person who's all in in our day? Sometimes we don't want to see our elderly. We just assume they go away. But here it is, 91 years old, building a house, letting the brain cancer do whatever it's going to do, and trust in God. May we be those people. Amen.